0: Jeremy hey <laughs> what's happening?
1: Uh, you know technical difficulties in the beginning, but we got that all worked out.
0: we sure did we i ah, you are the <laughs> uh, expert on this matter, however, what was the problem with anchor did you what what, what did you do
1: uh, uh, I just had to turn on the the interface power from my microphone to turn my microphone on
0: ooh, that's a good one that's yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's yeah, that's like almost like I didn't plug it in, right.
1: Yeah, almost. I mean, I, I can save a life. People trust me to come to their homes and save their lives. Yet, don't ask me to turn on an interface because I uh, just can't do that.
0: Yeah, well, you
1: just got it yesterday. <laughs> true.
0: Right? So, I've new stuff. Logan is here. He dropped
2: in. Hey, Logan. I, I just fell in here. Whoa! Whoa. Did you okay. fail to check or something? Yeah, I see this, buddy, huh? Critical. It's a critical. A critical
1: critical, natural one. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, guys. Sorry. I want to really run this introduction really quick here. This is going to be a very geeky, uh nerdy episode, and um we have very, very special guests today, ladies and gentlemen. Episode 73. Special guest, Jeremy Kennard, Dungeon Master. Oh. And as well. Mm. Did I just hear somebody yawn? And then
1: (laughs) (laughs) the the whole audience is yawning at this point.
0: And we also, you also are a paramedic. Yep. how How is everybody doing tonight? Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Let's not all talk at once. I'm doing good. Doing good.
0: Okay, uh, this is this is usually the icebreaker, right? I always say, yeah. so everybody can go comfortable. I say, "How are you doing?" And then it's no, just—I feel very uncomfortable,
2: Michael. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can always tell, like in the first <laughs> five minutes, you're just like giving me the cold shoulder. I get it. I get it.
1: Yeah. Why? Why are you uncomfortable?
2: I'm just chilling. I just—I uh, okay. I sit
1: and observe,
2: observe for a little bit, and then I attack. Oh, when okay. You least expect it.
1: All right. Okay. <laughs> I, so you, so yeah. you're rogue. You... Play rogues?
2: <laughs> no, I can't say that I ever have actually. Oh no! Wow. Wow. No! Wow! Wow! I have what not D and D.
1: Oh wow! I was a, I was a loud nerd for a very long time too, which is kind of fitting. <laughs> yeah. And there's like a Middle Earth map on my wall, which is fitting nice. as well. Um
2: I love how he made up that story though. Like, you know why he he made Lord of the Rings?
1: Uh, was well, part of it was he wanted to tell a bedtime story to his kids, and that's what it was past some time while he was in world war one so he was writing letters back and forth to home and but his, he delivered.
2: his son would correct him on all his mistakes so he had to write it down so he could like tell his son it's like nope this is what i wrote down before <laughs> yeah so, there's actually notes about like damn that boy <laughs> yeah
1: um so yeah damn that's actually that
2: boy yeah it was pretty funny
1: <laughs> that's actually how i got my start in D anD. d truly um Oh yeah. My dad read me The Hobbit as awesome. my bedtime story. Yeah. And then when I was able to read it myself at like eight, I read it at eight. Mm-hmm. I read The Lord of the Rings at eleven. Ooh. Um. Uh. I guess around like thirteen or fourteen, I played a box Dungeons and Dragons game. It was just cool. horrible cardboard cutouts. I can't even remember the name of it now. And around that time, third edition was coming out, so yeah. I got my hands on Advanced D and D. Ooh. Yeah. So. Super
2: old. That's local. right. It wasn't normal. It was advanced.
1: Yeah, yeah. That was that was a weird split in the game. That was uh Gary gygax and his partner. Well, I'm drawing blank for some reason on his partner's name. A little bit of a disagreement on some rules, and then that's how that <laughs> split happened. And then that's why now everyone's like, "Who cares about rules in D and D? Roll some dice, yeah. have some fun." Exactly. That's what it is now and uh yeah like running games in fifth edition oh mm. it's amazing it's so much oh, yeah. fun it's so easy for new dms to come into it like i kind of got my start and everybody got mad at the one dm because he was doing things to benefit certain people or even his mm. character that he was playing with but um, i got you. dm played. yeah there's there's dms who some dms yeah. who play characters in a campaign as well
2: which which like me i'm i'm a dm as well it's I can't wrap my head around it only because I see what's coming, and it's like, oh, well, what am I going to do in this situation? Right? It's like I'm going to go over here, guys. You you stay right there. I know what's happening. You know, I don't know. I don't. I don't get it. Yeah, it's not fair, really. Because well, like he knows the game. There are arguments for people, like for DMs, to have a character in the game, but again, like my play style, I don't. I don't see it. If I would be a DM and I would have a character, I would mm-hmm. kill it off right away. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, hey, guys, I'm Timmy. And then you just kill Timmy. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> you randomly <laughs> get smacked well, by a well, big rock. Well, landslide. see, Michael, like you, every time you DM, you are all those monsters. Like You are all those goblins. You are all those yes. orcs that get that's, killed. That's, that's why I
0: think it's good to have it separated. Again, there's uh, many different play styles.
1: Yeah, like um, so many different playstyles. What what, then, what does
0: Jeremy think about that?
1: I, I don't agree. I play NPCs that help out characters in the game, mm-hmm. uh, but I would never play a player character uh, just because, you know, even if I made characters roll off, players roll against each other for loot when there was a disagreement, uh, which generally in my games there never are, um, mm. But nope. you have the odd time where you have two players argue with each other over a piece of loot mm. that drops. Mm-hmm. I mean that's natural though, right? Like, yeah. No,
0: no fights in your game?
1: What? Uh, we haven't had any real major disagreements in any of my games in the last four years, five years. Nice. Yeah, I have. I have a really good standing rule where you know what? I might fuck up a rule. A player might happen at ThunderCon when we played live on stage. My one character, yeah. she's playing cleric. Never played cleric before in her life she created a new spell right there on the stage and I thought about it and I'm like, yeah. that doesn't work this way and I'm looking around and the, there was one person, one fan sitting there watching us play. And yeah. He plays a cleric all the time. He goes to me afterwards, he's like, that spell doesn't exist. And I'm like, it did there. Didn't break the game. <laughs> so that spell exists. No. Um, oh, so I have man. easy little rules yeah. like that to like to break the ties and then when two characters start fighting over loot, mm-hmm. I'm just like, roll. Just roll for it. Yeah, Never... Yeah. Whoever rolls higher on the percentile die. Boom, yeah, it, it's important yours. as a
2: DM to keep the game moving, right? You can't you can't get held up. Like sometimes it does happen where it's like, oh, what's this rule? And I'm I'm like sifting through the book. I'm Like I don't know, just just roll, let's see what happens. I'm hidden right now. I'm hidden uh, <laughs> The whole rogue hidden thing. Yeah, we had we had that going on, but
1: uh, it's just easy. And when, when any time I have a rogue who's kind of starting to abuse mm-hmm. it, I'm like, hey, roll stealth check, roll stealth check. All well, comes down to stealth checks, right? So yeah, hundred percent. But will still check it's, Make it harder each time.
2: Yeah, or secretly make it harder, right? Like yeah. um, I think the first time it was like you believe you're hidden <laughs> was oh, the yeah. DM's words. I'm like, be very careful how the DM words things. It's very important.
1: <laughs> it's like the wish spell, right? Like yeah. you oh, gotta God, tell yes. me exactly how you want to mm-hmm. use that spell. Yeah. And even then, I could still twist a word or two.
2: Well, that's what it is. It's like the monkey's paw, right? It's like yeah. I wish for this. Oh, you get it, and more. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, So, yeah, like there's a, you just, I run that golden standard of rules are there, Mm -hmm. um, but we'll adjust them to our game. Uh, It's a little more important, I guess, when you're running games for wizards in Adventures League and stuff like that, which I've never had the opportunity to do yet. Um, If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But, there, I think you have to be a little more stringent because you know it's you're playing their game for sure. You're using yeah. their intellectual property to run their game, and they want it run. So if their you wouldn't,
2: way. if you wouldn't mind explaining what those are, because Michael's not familiar with what you're talking about. Yeah, oh. could you just could you Jeremy? Could you only explain this to me, please? No, no, no. It's it's <laughs> again. I just recently learned what this was, what this yeah, I have adventure no things with D and D is, and I'm like,
1: what? So. Basically, since they started merging, I think, Magic the Gathering, uh, their intellectual property, Magic the Gathering, the trading card game, that's been crazy popular since, what, 95 or 96?
2: It's almost like ever.
1: <laughs> yeah. like I, I can't even remember how long ago I started playing. I, I don't even try to play competitively or anything anymore. Uh, but basically, when they when it took off and they realized, hey, we can monetize this and make a bunch more money if we bring this into D&D. So... Basically, what you do is you volunteer at your local game store. Uh, I'm pretty sure they run... Yeah, Thunder Games runs Adventures League in, in Thunder Bay now. So
2: mm-hmm. you, go to,
1: you go to Thunder Games and you sit down and you play D&D. And, but in Adventures League, you generate points at the end of every session, at the end of every campaign. And, and eventually, uh, you know, your game, I believe it stands against other games games throughout the throughout North America and I'm pretty sure it's spilled over into Europe and Australia and everywhere. And it's kind of competitive, kind of not, which is why they are more stringent on making sure you run the game by their rules. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. that's the gist of Adventures League. And I find sure. I find
2: it kind of takes it almost takes away from it in my mind. I don't know. I, I prefer like the the chips and pops sit down like roll dice whatever like just have fun
1: yeah yeah um we're the same way uh i've run like i've i run games for nurses and doctors here in sulica i have a home game here in Sulaco where andrew nice. and Sarah from the myth and mockery podcast they come and they play uh their characters they're playing in this game is actually oh. finally how because i've i create my own world way back in three in third edition way oh. back then um uh, yeah so I created my own world way back then mm-hmm. only ever played in the third fourth ages of that world and uh I've never had a way that it was created it was it was formed from this main character Eldric who was a PC of mine who died off when everyone's like oh you need to you need to DM now so I was like <laughs> okay <laughs> sure sure I do yeah. so Eldric uh kind of wrestling like but not wrestling from the Dragonlance novels um, he never wanted to be a god or anything like that. He just wanted to be powerful and uh so he ends up um never really had a path for him. He just died, and mm-hmm. his his death is what created Gil and Dory, which is the setting for all, all of my homebrew stuff cool and uh so this game i 'm running in that we started running Horde of the dragon queen it 's the only actual wizards published content that i've ever run besides the starter set in that for fifth edition. So basically their group here in Sulaco ends up um, the Flea Sarah's character ends up with Eldric's staff because she was saved by Eldric in another game that she ran. And uh, so yeah, so then he ends up shattering his staff, sends him to this other plane because as we all know in Dungeons and Dragons there's so many different planes and then there's you can find yeah <laughs> you can find planes that people have created I'm mm-hmm. working on my own right now so he ends up he ends up bouncing between planes and the hells and everything like that and then now he's back trying to get the staff from Flea and they have to also now stop the rise of Tiamat that's going to take them to level 16 15 16 and then from 16 to 20 it's going to be them Fighting Eldric, which causes the creation of Gil and dory which is what's great about our podcast is for Myth and Mockery because we've only I've only ever ran games in my third age, fourth age, and kind of like the end of the fourth age and the beginning of the fifth age. Never ever run in the first age. So I sat down with oh, Bob oh. Jess, Andrew and Sarah. And I'm like, hey guys, what do you want to do for the podcast? Can we, can we run it in my world? Blah blah blah. I said I've never built the first age. No idea what I'm going to do in the second age, but you know, the third and fourth, it's, it's pretty fleshed out. They're like, we'll play in the first age." I'm like, fuck. Thanks guys. <laughs> so, oh. uh, so yeah, it's been, it's been crazy. Cause in my, the first age of the world, cause it's brand new, it's right. very chaotic and magic powers are running rapid and like monsters are appearing from other planes into the world and everything like that. So it's, it's been a lot of fun.
0: Sounds beautiful.
1: It's
2: a lot of work. Absolutely crazy. Hmm.
1: It, uh, I spend a lot of my free time now. People are like, hey, you want to go to the beach? I'm like, nah, I have to write. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um,
0: How do you write? Do it, you write on the book or do you write on the PC?
1: Uh, I both. I have a great big whiteboard uh, at work mm-hmm. when I'm sitting in my little office because we have a crew office off our crew room. Go in there, close the door. Pager doesn't go off. I'm, one wall is full of post-its. Uh, as ideas just pop in my head, writing down on a Post-it, slap it on the wall, and so I have, I have notebooks, five-star spiral notebooks that are full of content. I <laughs> uh, put it all together. Uh, yeah. My Google Drive—it's all full of Dungeons and Dragons stuff. I nice. am such a nerd when it comes to Dungeons and Dragons. That's right, awesome.
2: It's, a, it's that spark, right? It's a, you're you're creating something that hasn't existed before. So it's like you're torn between I'm creating something, but there has to be, it's almost like a logical step to it. Like, well, how did it form? What are the steps? Who was there? Well, why did this happen? And then you're like sitting there going, it's like, well, then how will the players react? Are the players even going to care? Like it's all these things run through your head, right?
1: Yeah. And the worst part is, I think, and, and and it's probably Michael's probably one of those prime players from just the last couple of days of converse, conversing back and forth, and the fact that what you'll he, build like seven or eight different paths, and Michael, he's going to take the eleventh or the twelfth. Yeah. He's just going to go off, and and it yeah. and that's so much fun.
0: I ask my DM all the time, "Can I go through this wall?" And he says, "No." <laughs> So I don't know.
1: Cassius, form, a small enough crack. You could probably get through that wall.
0: Mm. The, the other oh. day, I sneaked and I fell on, <laughs> I fell on my face and it was mm-hmm. a loud boom because I didn't take my armor off. Right. Because, because Logan told me it takes an hour to take it off.
2: And, and just, then we which found is, out it only takes 10 minutes. Which so, is yeah.
0: not true. We checked the book. <laughs> and then the mm-hmm. gigantic snake comes and wants to eat me and i don't know that's my companion but she just transformed into a snake and my name is socks and she carries me away and i don't move because i think maybe she won't eat me
1: <laughs> uh you know at the time the dm ruled it takes an hour for you to take your armor off even yeah, though, you know. i was like
2: whatever but then, and then I rolled. It was still bad. But then he's like, "Don't you have to roll 2 I'm like, "No, I'm magic." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm not roll with disadvantage right now." It's it's all I'm gonna say from now on. It's just like no magic, <laughs> magic.
0: How do you handle a player that's challenging the DM in maybe a way of rules?
1: Um, we generally I side on the player side. Uh, As long as it's not going to break the game. If it's going to break the game, then I think about it. And if I can't make a definitive answer, we both open up whichever book it is. We find it and then we read it. And then we Mm -hmm. have a conversation about it. I try to limit that in my games to like five minutes tops because your other players of the game are going to get really bored. Mm -mm. That's a good point. Yeah. I get that.
0: I get that all the time. I sit there and Logan argues with the DM. I don't. Oh, sorry, Pete. <laughs> right? No name drops here. No, no. Uh, no. But again, it's
2: no. Again, it's interesting because again, we I've had that experience too. It's like no, this is how I rule it, and the players like, well, what about this? I'm like, well, for right now, we're doing this, and they're like, oh, okay, <laughs> we'll come back yeah. to that. But this is how we're doing it.
1: Yeah, and usually it comes up in combat. Most players yeah. are most concerned during combat. And I like to side on the side of the players because every DM behind the DM screen, you can change everything on the fly. So Or unbeknownst like, to the
2: players even.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, that secret's out there. I mean, Mercer, Colville, all those guys, they put it out there. Like anyone who follows all those YouTube channels, they know. Yeah. That you're pretty sneaky behind that screen. I, I've never fudged a hit roll, like a roll to hit. Unless it's level ones, and then yeah, yeah you don't I, want to kill a level one.
2: Well, yeah, like I almost had a whole party the first hour into the game. It was almost a TKP.
1: That was my entire fourth edition yeah. experience. <laughs> you and know what? Fire. I've
2: never, I've never touched fourth edition only because it was like, oh, you use cards, and it just I don't. I just it didn't look like my D and D.
1: No, uh, uh, yeah, you used cards, you used tables, and mm-hmm. like, you know, you could have a level. I had. I said I read it through, ran it, TPKed level ones. <laughs> Shit! Hope you're I'm having not fun. Not <laughs> a fan of killing players to begin with, and now no. I just killed the whole party. Okay, well yeah. here we go again. Sorry yeah. guys, I'm gonna make you guys a bunch of level fours because I have time, and and then we're gonna try this again. Mm, same be- party of goblins, yeah. same things. Beers, they all died again. Be-
0: be- beers on me. Yeah, he yeah. says.
1: Yeah. yeah i'm buying pizza and wings tonight guys because you're under (laughs) eight can't drink so yeah that's even worse yeah
0: yeah, Yeah. yeah. i hope you enjoy this game yeah it was my
1: little cousin and Mm -hmm. and thankfully she still loves dungeons and dragons now she's uh grown up to enjoy the game still loves fifth edition every time i'm in thunder bay i have to run a game for her nice um and then introducing a lot of her friends now to the game who've had some dms who are like no this is my rule blah 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 I'm like no no sorry sorry that's not- yeah. i'm sure that's the way you run your games your players aren't having fun if they're coming to another dm and complaining about you
2: well like i've like i've played other systems too and i've talked to other people about the systems and it's like oh well i tried that system and i didn't like it i'm like well why didn't you like it well the dm did this and he did that and I'm like oh so you're dm wasn't good it wasn't the system it wasn't the the game it was the dm <laughs> like yeah, yeah it's very, very it. good right? it. so it, it takes a very i don't want to say i don't want to say good but it, it you have to be you have to know the rules but you also have to have that where you don't just know the rules say i wipe you off the face of the earth like it's like you have to enjoy the game you have to have a good storytelling you have to explain to the players like i love the rule where it's like oh the player comes up with the most zany craziest thing that they could think of and you're like you can try you can definitely try roll that dice and see what happens rather than just saying no if you if you just say no all the time and don't allow them to try
1: it, it, it
2: it hinders the creativity of this of the players and
1: what they're trying to do yeah, I like I like to let my players do everything and everything they anything they want. Like like,
2: like there 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 is a limitation, like Michael saying, Well, I want to go through the wall. And it's like <laughs> it's a, it's a solid four foot wall. <laughs> like
1: I, I do say you can try.
2: It, well again, yeah. right? Yeah.
1: And then I always say it with like this tone of voice where like, Okay, really? You really want to go through that wall? Just think about it and for again, about two minutes.
2: And again, yeah, as a DM, you're trying to throw them a bone too, right? It's like okay man like are you sure <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I actually learned that Like, I have this method like oh you want to try to run through that wall Michael sure go ahead I'll come right back to you I want you to think about running through that wall and then <laughs> I'll go around the table and see what the other players want to do yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not really calling the player out while you're calling the player out Yeah. And so it just lets them really sit there and go yeah if I was to really try that to do that in real life i probably knock myself out and then I've had I've had players completely sold on it. I'm like, how do you want to do it? Well, <laughs> yes. I think I'll oh, run at that wall, because I don't think that wall is real. Go ahead. <laughs> so they run and they knock themselves yeah. out or they knock themselves yeah. on their ass. And I'm like, okay, you're taking some damage now because you were yeah. dumb enough to run into that wall.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: So I think you have to be very diplomatic with your players. You have to and every group is different. And yeah. some of the best things i learned was has been at gen con uh last year gen con by myself volunteered with true dungeon dm for a true dungeon along with some puppeteering and some backstage work all that was great but i bounced around from different like systems of playing and mm-hmm. watched. i played with a bunch of different dms and sat down at the one table for curse of rook or rookwood his um so basically, you're this English family, and you have these other players in your game that are your brothers, sisters, mothers, cousins, aunt, uncles, whatever. But you're all this family; you've all been cursed. So you get all these crazy, awesome powers. Um, me, I was just like, you know what? I'm just I want to just play a big dumb idiot guy who's used to be this football player guy. I'm gonna, you know, and my superpower, my curse is gonna be that my body starts slowly turning to stone. And then you have these abilities you can do. You can call on your curse, or so I call on my curse. I made a big rock fist, and I was punching people in the face with my rock fist. I was <laughs> loving it, but then there was this really weird husband and wife couple that was sitting at the table and playing with us, mm-hmm. and we had this we had an like an openly trans person sitting at the table right, and they were super uncomfortable and the d m had sat us down and said, "Hey, you know if and the husband and wife were playing, you know, hey, you wanna play son, daughter." Incest or whatever. Fine, go ahead. Do that in your own game <laughs> at home. Won't bring it to Gen Con. Oh my god! With complete strangers, because yeah. we're all going to be awkward about this. Yeah, and we we rolled with it for about twenty minutes, and then we were like, we just constantly putting up bar cards of, "We're not cool with this. We're not cool with this." Yeah, um, yeah, the yeah. wife, the wife got the hint pretty quick. The husband, he would not stop. Mm. So the DM just stopped talking to them, and I'm like. Wow, you sir, are a good DM because you're not kicking players out of your game and you're still including them during combat. But anytime it comes to role playing, you're just like, Nope. So he's looking at the other three of us, and I felt really bad for the DM because I'm like, wow. I'm like, I personally probably would have handled that differently. I would have said, Hey, thank you for your tickets because that's how you get, you know, that's how you get Gen Con kind of gives you a kickback if you run games and stuff. So that's how you get a little bit of a kickback, you know, and you're also being able to advertise your game and everything like this because he was one of the creators of the game. I was like, man, you're you're a better man than I. Yeah. You, yeah, yeah. I said, hey, thanks for the tickets. See you later. I don't want you in my game anymore. And, yeah, I know. Uh, there's
2: like you. I've heard stories of just really like inappropriate behavior, and it's just like, well, how do you handle this? And like, man, like if if that happened in my game, it's I don't know. <laughs> you can just call really. it a quits. That shouldn't
0: be a problem to this, right? But again, now you're you're taking like if it's away from unacceptable there, behavior,
2: you should just say sorry. I I can't do this. Yeah, I know, but there's other people at the table. It's not just the one person disrupting. It's usually like four or five other people.
1: Yeah, taken that away. Yeah, I that understand. I have it, a husband and wife It is a balance. Yeah. It, it's a super balance, and I have a husband and wife friend, and. She is more. She's a power gamer. She just wants to go from gold to gold to gold to gold. Right, right. And D and D, when it comes to the role play aspect and everything like that, she doesn't have a lot of fun. Gotcha. Uh, some running a game for them, and there is six other people at the table. Mm, yeah, there's those two, five other players. Uh, we're running through Lost Minds of Falador, and they rescue the person. They're supposed to. He gives them some information. And I felt really bad for my one friend who has to DM all the games for everyone. He never gets a really chance to play a player. Uh, He was playing a halfling bard, having a lot of fun and forget him to come out of his shell and play a bard and be like singing songs and doing (laughs) all the cool things that you see the rogues people who play rogues do on YouTube and stuff for him to do that. I was like, yeah, Curtis, you're a rock star. Go buddy. (laughs) And, uh, And then right in the middle of that, conversing from the NPC to give them information. She's just like, can we just go now? And I'm just like, Mm. wow. And she literally, she hit the table and she yelled. I was just like, okay, then we'll continue on. And I was just like, man, I so kind of want to get up from the table right now and walk away. I'm like, I've got, I'm doing this as a birthday present for your husband. Um, (laughs) And I want to do this, but to take a breath and realize that hey, you're gonna continue this campaign even though it only takes you to level five. You're gonna continue this game. You don't want to piss off the DM because all of a sudden you know there might be a a rogue specific drop that drops might not drop. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm not vindictive like that. I'll drop it and be like, yeah, here you go. Your your loot has dropped. You can have your your shiny dagger or your shiny, shiny rapier or whatever weapon you want to use. But just what, some time why do you th- re- why do you re- think yeah.
0: people why do you think people lose it? Why do you think people have sometimes there's this odd person that just like doesn't care about the other players or the game in itself? is that because they're just so focused
2: on themselves? Is that usually it's, why it's, it's it's a game to some people like they they win they want to win or they want to
0: so it's competitive
2: so, to some people. Yeah, but yeah. then you should play the competitive league, right?
1: You should like. I know in Dryden they don't have an Adventurers League. Mm. Uh, they have a, a, a gentleman in 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 Dryden who runs it for Wizards, but he is he's been playing since Dungeons and Dragons existed. Uh, he's created some content for Wizards, and he's very close with some people at Wizards, and huh. and for the most part, he's pretty good. Um. But he also is like made some really weird rulings and stuff that I just never understood. And uh, so like they used to play with him a lot, and his games was a lot of that. It was gold driven, you're gonna go from point A to point B, there's not a lot of RP, you're gonna kill something, mm. and then it's gonna keep going. So I think a lot of it is that's what she's used to, and now. D and D is a lot of us drama nerds and stuff that have like really moved into it, uh, and that's that's another reason why I started playing D and D. My drama class teacher, she's a, and my drama club mm-hmm. like teacher, she was just like, "You should play Dungeons and Dragons. You will love it." Um, so when you we have most of my groups are comprised of not there's not a lot of power gamers and there's not a lot of I want to go to point A to point B. A lot of people have been playing the open world sandbox video games like Witcher and Grand Theft Auto and all Skyrim. those things. And Skyrim, <laughs> yeah, Skyrim is. Elder Scrolls has been really mm-hmm. good to probably better to D anD D than even Stranger Things. Um, so we have a lot. I, I'm finding our D anD D community is a lot more of players like that, and then the old school players who like the dungeon crawls. Well, you can still go play, you know, Mad Mage, Mad Mage under the mountain, under the mountain, and. All of those ones.
2: Well, yeah, like like well, we just had our first dungeon crawl, like I my first dungeon crawl at least, and it was like a slog, just a slog where we almost died. <laughs> and we're yeah. like, oh my god, this is a dungeon crawl. Get me out of here. But some some players live for it though. It like I was again. I like I play a cleric right now, and I'm like I'm heals, and it's just like I can't heal myself fast enough. <laughs> I can't help you guys. I'm gonna die.
1: Uh, would your DM let you use, well, use beacon on yourself, right? Would he let you splash heal off yourself? Mm, one of your, I don't know. Cool? I,
2: that never came up, really.
1: Okay, because that could be an option to be like a, a healing battery, right? Okay, yeah, yeah I'm just on myself. It's just gonna spill over, hit anyone that's close enough. And with beacon, you know, max hit points go to everyone, right? So.
2: There you go, Logan. Well, I'm not I'm a I'm a war cleric, I'm not a super yeah. healer.
0: Yeah, but you yeah. you you're very close to your um entity, your god
2: in your game. It's different. Okay. There's there's different yeah. healers and different healing and...
1: Yeah. Uh, like life clerics. Yeah, there's no dying ever. Yeah. Once once you get level eight with a life cleric, no one's dying. Never ever. I,
2: I'm using this character that I had from another campaign that just kind of fizzled and I want to see him well, I am seeing him go on to do things that he wasn't able to in the previous campaign. So I just kind of went with it.
1: Yeah, isn't that the wonderful thing about D D? Yeah. Oh I never really got to play this character very much. I'm just gonna bring it back.
2: Yeah, he's he's here now. Yeah. <laughs> but that that's the thing too. Like people spend hours like myself, I spend hours on my character sheet on my my backstory on my like origin or whatever. Like that's super fun in my mind, just starting a character.
1: Which is what really sucks when you come when you as a DM. Once characters get to level four, yeah. okay you guys, players, you know your characters. Uh you're attached to your characters and if they die, I'm sorry. Yeah. The part of the game it hurts. Um I've literally you know, I'm a grown man, forty years old. Uh <laughs> My daughter was born. I cried that day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my fire chief and paramedic coordinator of five years. He passed away with cancer a year ago now, and I uh, cried for about a week there. And then, pretty much the only other times I cried was uh, during Dungeons and Dragons when I nice. accidentally killed a player or or, <laughs> or killed a player because it happened. Yeah. Someone on the weekend, she almost got eaten, her brain eaten by a Mind flare, oh, yeah. And I felt really bad, because she has this little pet squirrel named Chompy, and I'm like, what's Chompy gonna do without Morla now? <laughs> Not She's Chompy! He's gonna be lost. I hope Flea or someone remembers about Chompy, because... Um, But yeah, and then being able to run a game where we're recording ourselves and putting it out there, that's been... That's been crazy. Mm-hmm. I've been more, I've been, I'm probably more attached to this campaign that Jess, Bob, Andrew and Sarah and I are, are playing because so many people have reached out and like, Oh, I love this character. Oh, I love that character. Oh, I love this character. <laughs> oh my God, you made an NPC with yeah. Mithril arms and his horns are sheathed in Mithril too. I'm like, yeah, yeah. man, bar he's badass. Um, <laughs> just getting that community feedback and having people from California reach out to us and say, Hey, we found your podcast on Facebook and we, we love it. That's awesome. Uh, so like that, it's probably been my favorite campaign next to the one that we're playing out here in Silicon right now. Just friends um, that I've ever done. It's just, it's crazy.
2: <laughs> well, I love, I love Michael. Michael always says that like on his character sheet, his intelligence modifier is zero. <laughs> so in game he'll say my character has zero intelligence so <laughs>
1: <laughs> well if you truly wanted to have zero intelligence you would have made your intelligence score one and then you probably yeah. wouldn't be able to walk talk and all that stuff <clears> so <throat> you know uh, and it, if you want to be able to say hey my character has an intelligence of zero I think six would probably be like the bottom edge you want on that yeah. you have them capable enough to hit things and and you know maybe go out and catch dinner for everyone but to solve riddles in that yeah well, yeah. oh, 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 i
0: got
2: a pig so that's pretty good <laughs> Betty, yeah. betty is she's nice that was oh. it was a running gag where i was i was kind of a i don't know how to say this but i was kind of annoyed at how slow the game was kind of progressing and my characters kind of i based him off of um macho man randy savage nice and he's he's just if he gets bored he just goes ridiculous so he went to a farm because he was bored and the farmer had a pig, and I was like, look at that pig. And it just like, made it like bigger and bigger and bigger. And I'm like, oh, the pig needs a hat. I'm going to buy a hat. So I got a straw hat off the farmer. <laughs> just yeah. dolled him up, and we should start a circus with this pig. <laughs> no, no, no. It was a right for righteous. Oh, yes. That's right. And then we it kept getting bigger and bigger and stupider.
1: Oh, my God. That and it like reminds...
2: derailed, derailed the whole thing.
1: <laughs> that reminds me like, uh, husband and wife pair of the here in silica that are mm-hmm. really good friends i wanted to play D forever she wanted to play more than him because his add and stuff you know he played oh, world yeah. Warcraft. oh yeah D could be fun but he was like i don't think i can focus on it and you know doing math is hard i'm like no ryan this is easy math this is not yeah. new math this is old math yeah. this is easy math he's like okay so went over created some characters um they both play gnomes, so the campaign got called the gnome campaign. Mm-hmm. It's a chaotic, neutral, chaotic evil kind of group. Oh man! And yeah. then so you have Andrew who plays—he plays, plays Gray in Myth and Mockery. He plays Brogar, and another game, and he just plays a bunch of different characters in a bunch of different games that we play. So him, and then my buddy Terrence, who plays a couple characters in another, just home games. They decide. Uh, Ryan runs in, his little barbarian gnome running around with his gigantic two-handed axe. And then Andrew's like, I don't think gnomes can do that. I'm like, eh, hey, he's got a strength of 18. He wants a two-handed axe. It's his. He can have a two-handed great axe. Let him run around. Have fun. Yeah. So they, and And his wife plays a druid, and she enjoys eating psychedelic mushrooms and doing all this tea stuff, crazy <laughs> teas and everything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ryan, should be a bard, decides not to be a bard. Every single time I give him a charisma check. I'm yeah. like, yeah, he's going to fail. Progressively made them harder. Yeah, he's going to fail. No, he passes every single one. So one night he's highly intoxicated in the in the tavern. Mm-hmm. The tavern keep, for some reason, lets him run into the back, grab pots and pans. He's his own one-man band, this <laughs> barbarian gnome with a giant two-handed yeah. axe just banging out on the pots and pans. And everyone loved it because I kept rolling for all the patrons at the end and they all liked it. So he ended up making like five gold or something that night so they go wandering off to find this dwarven wizard who's supposed to send them on a quest for something or other and he's a herbalist and stuff like that so they walk into this building and of course it's it's wizard's house so it looks like this nice little mm-hmm. shop and then you go inside and it's like the TARDIS it's huge And um, <laughs> so they're like all in awe and then the wizard has a familiar it's a goat, it's this mystical magical goat, it's not a goat <laughs> okay. but it looks like a goat Walks yeah. right past them. Uh, Ryan right away. I want to ride that goat. Goes <laughs> running outside. The goat won't let him on him whatsoever. Nothing to do with it. His wife comes out and he's like, talk to the goat for me. So he's she's like, oh, okay. So I'm like, yeah, you talk to the goat because you're a druid. You can do these things. Um, you know, communicate with animals and stuff. So she talks away and goes, it's not a goat. He's like, I want that goat. I want not the goat. <laughs> no. so he gave this goat not yeah. the goat. So Terrence, being chaotic evil, is like, oh, I'm going to have some fun with this. So he goes to, he goes to Ryan. He goes, oh, I'll, I'll steal that goat for you. No problem. How badly do you want that goat? Because he's like, I think my character's indebted to this idiot for some reason. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, we'll figure it out. So he's like, I'll go get you that goat. So off goes Terrence. He goes, he tries to catch his goat, can't catch his goat, blah, blah, blah. He's walking back. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he actually kind of walked through a couple of livestock sale, um, uh livestock, Stalls and stuff for the, you know, the vendors there are selling, livestock, and everything like that. Of course, he goes, Well, is there a goat around? I'm like, Yep, there's a goat vendor right over there. And he <laughs> goes, How many look like you know, how many look like not the goat? And I'm like, Okay, I make a perception check. I'm like, Okay, this one will be 17 because I'm really getting tired of this goat. All the players <laughs> at the table are loving it, right? I'm like, I've got seven other people sitting at the table and they're all loving it, laughing, rolling around, mm-hmm. thinking this is great. And I'm just like, you've killed like 45 minutes of the game already. Yeah. Like, Frank. Okay, sure. Yep, Sure. You find uh, I'm like, nope, you're not going to pass this test rolls. Of course he gets an 18 or 19, right? I'm like, <laughs> yep. There's one looks just like not the goat. I'm like, they're like, okay. So they bring this goat back to, to Ryan. And, and now it's Ryan's pet goat. Now <laughs> it is the goal of Andrew and Terrence. They don't care about anything else going on in the game. They yep. have to find, a pot to put on Ryan's head for a helm <laughs> uh, and then they have to find a horse to tackle store to be able to get a saddle big enough for the goat to yeah, put it on good, the goat yeah. and then they're going to make Ryan ride into battle with a with a joust <laughs> on the back of this goat and I'm just like this is D&D this is yep. why I love Dungeons and Dragons this is D&D yep. and, and being a dungeon master I think you have to be able to roll with those um, what your players want to do you have to be able to to change on the fly oh yeah it's utter
2: nonsense like it's, it's it
1: has nothing to do
2: with anything so but that's what they want to do that's what your players want to do right there like i had a i had a game where it was one person was like oh i need a familiar and then every other player i think i had like seven or eight players every other player was like i need a pet now and i'm like oh here we go we're going to the pet store <laughs> <laughs> so one guy had got three bought three crows and then asked for leashes Bought leashes and then put the crows on leashes around his neck <laughs> <laughs> and named them Huey, Louie, and Cheryl Crow.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I would probably give inspiration for that. Yeah, inspiration. it was,
2: it was In, absolutely gone. Show.
1: It's like, here you go. You have inspiration for that. Yeah. Cheryl Crow, bam, inspiration. Yeah. But, yeah, Myth and Mockery is, mm-hmm. is really good i'm we're having a lot of fun with it uh, you guys probably should come play for sure cool <laughs> um it'll be fun
0: uh, i think that's it, a good idea
1: yeah it's it's very loosey-goosey don't follow a lot of rules biggest rule is everyone has fun at the table yeah no,
0: that's good uh, will there be snacks though
1: oh there's always <laughs> snacks okay, uh, will there okay. Be snacks. yeah Andrew and Sarah are oh there Jess does have a rule no ice water at the table because ice cubes clank in glass and you know makes mm. her, her sound producer mind go crazy. Oh yeah. Oh, does it pick uh, it up?
0: But it's done you guys have all individual mics, right? On the tech we, side.
1: We do now, yeah. yeah. At our first session we played in the dining room beside the fridge, which makes its own ice cubes. So we have an inside joke now about um are there any fridges closed that are gonna make ice cubes rattle around? Oh, yeah. uh, do you guys have Sorry, ice water and glasses, and it made noises and stuff like that.
0: So. Yeah, but you now you have dynamic microphones, right?
1: Yeah, we all we all do. Yeah, uh, Andrew and Sarah shared a mic, but they were like, "Okay, this isn't fun," so they're going to be setting up with another mic for them. Yeah, so that everyone at the table has their own mic now.
0: That makes only sense. If you guys all have a microphone, it's only better to have one each. That's like best. Yeah. And I've seen yeah. so far you have them on arms, arms as well, right?
1: Uh, yeah, their uh, Jess and Andrew and Sarah's were on a stand last time and then mm-hmm. mine was on a boom stand and, uh, so was, so was Bob's. Yeah. So was our lovely Ulysses, our fighter who sounds, I had one fan reach out to me today and go, is that really supposed to be sound like Ron Swanson? I'm like, yeah, he's loosely based on Ron Swanson. So I was <laughs> like, Bob usually plays bards and charismatic individuals and everything like that. If you guys know Bob at all, you know him to be a very outgoing charismatic person so for him he's like i'm just i don't want to play that right now i think i'll play a fighter <laughs> and do you mind if i base it on ron swanson not at all so now <laughs> like breakfasts for him consist of all the meats and like that was, <laughs> yeah, you know, was kind cool. of fun to put that one out there for him like yeah. hey uh yeah i have a turkey leg sure and i was like timmy my little 12 year old in who's lost his parents maybe um Runs this in the salty dog with his 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 grandma, and uh, his grandma made sure that Ulysses got all the meats the one morning, all the meats, all the eggs, and uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty, pretty funny. We had a lot of good moments. Um, uh, my dad, who was in his 70s, listened to the podcast the other day when we were out picking blueberries, and I could hear like voices in the blueberry patch, and then I was like, That's Jess's voice, that's, oh, awesome. yeah. that's my voice, dad. Were you listening to the podcast? Or he's like, Yep. So then even he's like, yeah, Lithander, that guy's pretty funny, shows up, and he's telling my mom afterwards about it, right? He's like, yeah, it's really, really funny. So this girl throwing everything out of her pack all over the campsite, trying to find her tea, and she can't find the tea, and then all of a sudden, this guy appears when they're distracted by the tower disappearing, uh, appears by the the, uh, fireplace, they turn around to the campfire, and there's this guy making tea. And she's (laughs) like, oh, well, I was going to make tea, and he's like, yeah, it's okay, I got it, and then uh he's like offering around the tea and Ulysses like I don't like tea. I don't like leaf water or whatever he says there and um I only like coffee. And uh, he goes, Well, I didn't know that you wanted coffee, I might have brought some. And uh I don't know, there's something that Sarah says in there, and Lysander's mm-hmm. like, Oh yeah, well, this is your tea. I just picked it up off the ground over here. And she's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I knew I had tea, and I'm just like, Wow. Um This is so no about tea. Next- <laughs> yeah so the next the next couple episodes coming out i've actually been able just to take a back seat and just let them role <laughs> play along and yeah. they just ran with it. Uh, we're coming up to another like dungeon crawl and stuff like that uh, a nice kingdom under a waterfall so yeah
2: I you know, think we'll a, a, no I think I was reading Reddit where d m was like i've been kicked out of my game because the players are now managing their own castle the way they want to manage it, and they're they're buying all the products from all the npcs i created. i got kicked <laughs> out of my own game. <laughs> it is pretty funny. And then um, Yeah. Oh, were, are you familiar with um like the the satanic panic with uh, Dungeons and Dragons?
1: Not re- Oh yeah, that was like like oh. Michael, i don't know
2: if you've heard anything about this but like before people thought that Dungeons and Dragons was about people like uh, praying to Satan in their basement. Oh, I heard like it's bad for your kids, right? The, yeah, everybody yeah. said to their parents, oh, don't let them play Dungeons and Dragons." Don't let the, yeah. Oh, there was a it was a huge thing. Like people oh, yeah. were, were terrified of it. Just and
1: before I started playing, yeah, I,
2: bad again. I I got. I think I started roughly around three point five, but then you you started hearing the jokes, like the the running <laughs> gags about all the kids in the basement playing and they're worshiping Satan and summoning demons. And <laughs> it's just like, let's pretend it's all about
1: fantasy. And yeah. I was just it's like, literally meh. Lord of the Rings guys. Yeah. The, the, the real reason that really picked up to in the States was, um, an underage girl was dating, a a guy who was, she wasn't, she was 16. He was 18 or 19. Hmm. And, he abused drugs and was like a petty criminal and all this kind of stuff. And her parents had found out about it and said, Hey, I don't want you I want you dating this guy anymore. So she got mad. She went to them him went to him and I think she said, I want I want my parents. I don't I don't I hate my parents. I wish they were dead or something like oh, that. Oh God. Yeah. So him and a buddy broke in because he knew that there was, you know, money and jewelry and mm-hmm. stuff like that, uh, to support his drug habit. So he broke in he killed the mother, the father, and everything like that. He had her let him in, and then uh, Catholic extremists or whatever at the time was like, caught wind that, hey, this guy played Dungeons and Dragons once or twice in his, his lifetime. So then, yeah, it was obviously the work of the devil. And I think his lawyer also tried to play it up that, yeah, he was possessed by the devil who came through Dungeons and Dragons. New Dungeons and, and Dragons, yeah. Oh, boy. So that was, uh, that was one of the big kick like the one of the biggest sparks that start that wired fire wildfire yeah like
2: like to me now i just see it as this this kind of this really again you got to have the right dm but it's, it's a good social aspect for kids uh any anyone really who just wants to go out and have a good time or experiment with different types of characters like like for me i've always played the uh i call it the bazooka Like you're right, you got the highest strength, and you go in there and you hit a couple heads, and you're done, and then you just sit on the sidelines. But recently, within the last year or two, I've been more role playing. I've been more sticking to my character. Like, no, this is the way my character would do it, so that's what I'm doing. Rather than, no, I'm just the gun. I'm back here, and I think that that brings a lot of people out of their shells and allows them to grow socially a little bit. The way I Uh, see
1: it. Oh, it helped me. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a true natural introvert, mm-hmm. you know, like even tonight I'm like in our D and D group. And I'm just like, like with Bob and Jess and Andrew and Sarah, I'm in our Facebook group. And I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of really nervous. And she's like, yeah, it's just a chat. I'm like, Oh, I know that, but my introvert itself eh, is not going to be able to deal with that D and D really helped me come out of that shell. And then when everyone's like, you know you're writing all the time and and when you play these characters on stage in front of people you know you're very extroverted introvert and they're like you are amazing at that and then you just kind of shut down i'm like yeah because it takes a lot out of me yeah so they're like so yeah teachers saw it guidance counselors saw it like he's and he was my coach for basketball volleyball and stuff like that he's just like you know what you got to stick with drama club you got to because you know you're you're you and I. This is going to sound horrible, but you're you're a white kid from Northwestern Ontario who plays basketball. You're not going anywhere with basketball. You gotta <laughs> learn how to talk to people. Yeah, yeah. I gotcha. Uh, so I was like, yeah, okay. So I had influence, and then my parents were like, hey, yeah, Dungeons and Dragons. If you want to play that game, go ahead. They weren't worried about it either, and that really helped me be able to come out of my shell, feel comfortable talking to people, being able to, you know, go out on my own in the world and and be myself. Whereas before that, I was like, I'm scared. I'm scared of Mm. interacting with people. Um, But yeah, Dungeons and Dragons, role-playing games, really blew that out of the water. And then I used to do text-based role-play on websites like, what was it? The Red Dragon Inn. It was this way back on Netscape. You would walk in there and you'd have your character and you would just RP. Uh, So it was just basically acting on the internet so and then there was like icq days and there was some you know D going on in icq before discord and all that kind of stuff and irc i was able to find DD games there so i was just started to play but yeah get me playing roll 20 right now i can't i can't yeah. i try try so hard to play roll 20 i just can't do it I just can't i i can play as a player to dm in roll 20 it's nothing it's roll 20 it's, it's my dm brain like i have to have everything maps and everything right out there and i can have all that stuff open on another screen but when it comes to like i my prep time goes it's doubled and i yeah. think that's where i'm losing my enjoyment in it so
2: no i got you yeah like for me i need to be there i need to touch it i need to see it i need to see the people's faces
1: that's what i need <laughs>
2: because we we me and michael we have done roll 20 and it and it was good but again i i like the social dynamic where it's like okay i can pick up on what if they're going to say something or you can interject politely mm-hmm. rather than having everyone kind of mishmashing on the call like during it yeah yeah it wasn't the same no it,
0: it again it was good because of what's exactly. going on right now i'm yeah. not, i'm
2: not bashing it but again
0: i no I, Prefer. i had fun like yeah. it was nice when we when we canceled our or passed uh, paused the us by the giant D&D." we we played uh, three four or five games on there and it actually you know it was nice that we the group we could socialize through the interwebs and talk to each other and mm-hmm. say hey how are you doing are you still working what's happening it's just like talking to people because you were just so isolated yeah Let's let's do the sayings. Let's do the sayings. That's that's probably a good idea. I think
2: we'll jump into that. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um,
2: Uh, yeah. Who wants to go first? Not me. Uh, You know I'll go first because mine. You might have heard it. I don't know. Who knows? Um. So it's. Oh man, that guy seems out to lunch. (laughs) That guy Um, seems out to lunch. Okay. Yeah, he seems out to lunch. Michael, you're familiar with this one?
0: Yeah, he's not there.
2: Well, it, it's, he's not there. He's kind of strange. He's, he's like, you try and talk to him and it's just like no recognition or whatever. So you just say, Oh, he's probably up to lunch or you're out to lunch, even though he's right there. Yeah. Um, so this originated apparently in college campuses in the 1950s in the United States. And it was first printed in the 1955s. Apparently uh, the imagery equates to physical absence of intellectual absence or mental absence. Vacuity, not being all there. You went out to lunch on a break and never came back.
1: Nice. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. My turn. Uh, mir fällt ein Stern vom Herzen. A stone falls from my heart. Which uh-huh. means Did I'm you lose re- <laughs> i lose weight? <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah. It means I am relieved.
2: Okay. So it's like more mentally. You, you lost yeah. weight mentally. It's like that, that ang- the gasp of anxiety or whatever. You can finally let go of that breath.
0: I guess so. Like that yeah. tension you built up in yeah. your chest. It's just, it falls, the stone falls out. Yeah.
2: That actually makes
1: more sense than most of the other
0: ones. Okay, Jeremy. Uh,
1: everyone's heard mine. Um because I, I always say make a long story short yeah, to other people. That's so, a good one, yeah. And it's just, you know, be brief. Uh, I said it even yesterday. Well, a little play on it was like, hey, walk and talk because we need to eat lunch and we haven't eaten lunch in like six hours. So I was like, I'm not going gonna, gonna to be rude here, dude. But just walk and talk because there's someone who likes to talk a lot. And give every little detail, and I'm like, "Yeah, that's cool. I want to go eat lunch (laughs) because I haven't gotten eaten lunch, and I got bit by a dog two hours ago. So let's go."
0: There you go. I like that. That's a good one. Um, on space news, real quick, this week we had the Starship. Uh, We had a hop, 150 meter hop, and it hopped successfully. It's stayed at elevation. The Starship prototype there by uh in Texas with SpaceX, yeah. and then it actually did land successfully too. Oh, no. I know you, yeah, you couldn't see it all somewhere. It was very smoky, but it did land. They had a camera inside and had like landing gear. All came out and it's just boom done happened. And now they're already building boom. this <laughs> second stage on it, so nice. it's, it's good news. That's all I had. Yeah, let's see. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was going into this episode yeah. and I was thinking to myself, I, this is going to be an easy episode yes. because it's going to be super geeky and super nerdy, and so I'm okay nerd. with this. Such yeah. nerd.
1: So, so much nerd. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so
0: I'm okay with that.
1: More importantly, the next episode of Myth and Mockery uh, drops on August 21st on <laughs> through Anchor FM and all your oh, nice. all your podcast places if you want to listen to it.
0: That's pretty amazing. We're all pumped. Yeah. We can't. We can't wait to listen to that.
1: <laughs> the silliness and the shenanigans, uh, the myth and the mockeries. will continue. So <laughs> yeah, it took it took so long for us to find a name. That's a good name. But yeah, thanks guys. This was awesome. <laughs> a lot, a lot of fun. <laughs> okay. Uh, right. Yeah, I don't know.
0: This sounds good, know. Logan, Did you have anything else? or Are you
2: good? I have. I have a couple things, but I can make them brief.
0: Okay, let's go. Uh, Jeremy, let's give Logan the opportunity to share his knowledge. There's
2: just more 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 nerd stuff, yeah. Um, So in New Hampshire, I'm not too sure if this is the UK or not, because for some reason they reference pounds. But anyways, in New Hampshire, they pass a law in preparation for flying cars. So the House Bill 1182 states that non-traditional motor vehicles have the freedom to use existing roads to drive around preparing themselves for the possibility of flying cars. Mm. Um, so it's being nicknamed the Jetsons Bill, which is in reference to a 1960s car- cartoon <laughs> called The Jetsons, which is like super futuristic. which, I mean...
1: Rosie the Robot. Rosie the Robot, Rosie yeah. The Robot. Mm-hmm. And the
2: movie, I remember the movie, so... Because um, they had flying cars, and funny enough, they had to build houses on hydraulic lifts because the smog kept rising. <laughs> so they have to always lift their houses up higher and higher.
1: Didn't one episode have like a smog warning in it? Yeah,
2: I think that and was. And then you watch the houses go that up. That was. A, I think it was in the movie because it yeah. actually showed yeah. for the first time there was actually like people on, on the bottom of it, and the people uh, were like coughing, and they're like, "Oh, I'll just raise my house," and it's like, "Oh man, this is such a like." <laughs> Ultra rich thing or something. Um, but yeah, so they're they're doing this in preparation for them to exist. Now, when they exist, who knows? I mean, they've been saying it's at the 1940s or some odd about flying cars and stuff, or longer than that even. Um, they apparently there's a cloud. It's almost like a teardrop-shaped cloud that appeared, on, reappeared, sorry, on Mars. Now apparently, it does it every, its cycle. So it it, it forms every year during the season around the southern solstice. Repeats 80 days or even more, following a rapid daily cycle. Um, but it's not caused by volcano activity.
1: Mm.
2: And curiously enough, it only seems to form in the mornings.
0: Okay, like morning dew.
2: I get, yeah, I guess you can equate it like that, but it, it, it it's like a single cloud and it's very linear. And they are looking into that right now, which is interesting because I mean, it doesn't have any atmosphere. Mm. Very very little, really. Yeah. Jeremy, if you could go to the bottom of the sea, you could bring a
0: hamburger you would live for a day there, happy, and then you would come back up <laughs> by yourself, or you could go to the moon where would you go and why
1: i'm going to the moon because nice. i've always loved star wars and i've always loved star trek I'm more of a star wars than a star trek guy but yeah no i'm going to the moon cool because then the moon means we're going further out into the world and uh we can only explore so far down to the deep depths of the seas right so... well that we know of <laughs> yeah this is true no digging holes to australia <laughs> yeah. that's it no digging holes to australia so yeah no there's only going out we can only go so far until we're going to the other side. So. Yeah, I think
2: the furthest we've been down is like 11 kilometers, I think. And that's not even scratching the surface
1: or something. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's, no. that's a good pick. I like it. I'm going to the moon. Moon is nice. a good place to be.
1: Mm-hmm. I was going to sign up for SpaceX's what, Mars one.
0: <laughs> the one-way trip?
1: The one-way trip, oh. yeah. I was like, oh, I'm good with this.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you were paramedic. You
1: were... Yeah. Yeah, I think I have some life skills that they they could use on the colonization. Very true. Part of it all.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I think that's uh If that's something that interests you, it's a good idea.
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe.
0: Yeah. I don't know.
1: Yeah. It's we'll all see, comes we'll down
0: the... to the personal choice, right? Yeah.
1: No, definitely going out in space. Uh, but we'll see where this uh, content creator and stuff for for D&D Dungeons and Dragons goes. Nice. It's been my focus. Um, we played what, Curse of the Elden Barrow. ThunderCon Live, which was uh, a little one shot that I wrote, which I'm publishing hopefully in the next two months. Cool. Nice. Yeah.
0: You're a busy man. You're a busy man.
1: Try to be. That's why I transferred to another base. So then I can just have a little downtime to focus on work a little bit, I think. Mm. Progressing my understanding of 12 beads and all that good stuff that you do out in the field.
0: Yeah. It's a big mental challenge, right?
1: Um, Yeah. Constantly thinking, constantly educating. Uh, We have continuing medical education do mandated. We do eight hours through our advanced life-saving skills, um, which is run through a base hospital program. Uh, That's all the medications we give, how it interacts with the body, routes to give it all that kind of stuff. And then we do a mandated eight hours of BLS training, which is our basic life-saving skills Mm -hmm. through our service. Uh, and from there we kind of mash it all together but me I like to continue my education on my own so then I put in generally another probably 60 70 hours maybe a year if I was to condense it down into a time frame I'm reading something every day Um, some new study that's coming out or you know how we have alcohol issues here in the North substance abuse issues. So I'm always reading on that. Uh, I was in the, our COVID assessment unit, which basically was, um, working more out in the public, not waiting for the public to come to us, going to the public. Gotcha. And I learned so much more about caring for our elder populations. Um, social skills, interacting with other people and learning how to have conversations with them. Um answering just general questions like, Oh, what does this do with my medic what if I take this medication for this, what's this do? So then, you know, doing a lot more pharmacological education and stuff. So yeah, it's um getting out being being afforded that opportunity to get out there and work. I worked solo for four months, three, four months and and strictly in the community, and interacting with a lot more of our, our our allied agencies like the OPP, Northwestern Health Unit, and stuff like that, and working hand in hand with the hospital. So it was really an eye opening of where paramedicine here in the Northwest can go, mm-hmm. uh, especially out here in the district where we we don't have the interactions with the hospital like with, like the Ho- Thunder Bay Health Sciences Center and everything like that. We don't we never interact with them. So. Working with the smaller hospitals and seeing where we can help fill the voids there with paramedicine has been, yeah, mm. it's been eye-opening to say the least.
0: That's perfect. I'm glad you, you can do this on your part and be there for other people. That's wonderful.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, just, just a guy doing a job.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think, it's a, I think it's a job that not everybody can do, especially mentally too, right? Because you are exposed to a lot of things but uh, yeah. i, I want to focus yeah. on the good side so i really i want to tell you that i i, I think it's yeah. really good that you do this and you put yourself out there it's awesome
1: thank you thank you it means a lot we, sometimes we don't get that praise and uh i make sure i tell all the other paramedics like hey don't worry people respect you and and they they're happy to happy to have you and they need you so,
0: yeah recognition is important 100 yeah. percent. okay uh Logan and jeremy, we are over a little bit over the hour here it was uh, it was a very good time today i i i enjoyed listening to a lot of d d and it was good i like it and i find myself engaging in our um series as well and i really like it
1: yeah well yeah d and d is what what your players make of it um mm-hmm. and if someone, one player has, you know, sit down and they're like, oh, I don't think I'm going to enjoy this game. By the end of the session, they're like, man, when are we playing next? Yeah. And then then you're doing something right. So.
0: Beautiful. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Asked by the Giant, episode 73. And you know what I forgot at the beginning? The intro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're we out. I wish you all a good uh, night, okay?
1: Thanks so much, guys. Yeah, Cheers. This was Jeremy. awesome. Thank you, had a lot of fun. Okay, bye-bye. Uh, okay. We'll touch base with you guys when I'm in the city. Sounds good. Okay, bye-bye. I guess, night. Bye.